God is good? And all the time? You guys think about your favorite Christmas memory? How many of you have a lot of favorite Christmas memories? One of my favorite Christmas memories was when I was in college, and uh, I uh, went to college in Bible College in Missouri, and I got to have the wonderful long drive back to Sweetwater, Texas. And uh, I remember after that long journey, walking up uh, the back, uh, of course we, we parked in the church parking lot because we lived in the church parking lot, but uh, walked through the church parking lot, opened the back door, only to see my mother pulling out homemade cinnamon rolls fresh from the oven. Can I get an amen to that? And, you know, the eating did not stop. I gained 20 pounds that Christmas holiday, but it was worth it. This morning, we're going to start our new series, as you can see on the screen, Songs of the Season. And uh, the one we're going to look at today is what we just sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And um, turn, so turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 1. And as you turn there, let me just encourage you not to miss any of the, the special Christmas services and uh, if you were here early this morning, you heard they had a, a quartet out in the foyer singing this morning. There's going to be some special music out there every Sunday between Connect Group and between uh, church. And, and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at the song, Go Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And, and Pastor Haley, okay, Pastor Haley is going to preach. And in case you're, you know, don't know who Pastor Haley is, that's not me. Okay, I'm Pastor John, and my dad is Pastor Haley. So when I came back here, I'm like, please do not call me Pastor Haley. I'll be looking for my dad. All right, so the Pastor Haley will be speaking uh, next week. Uh, And then the week after that, we're going to look at the the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, December 26th, 22nd, excuse me, Joy to the World. Uh, And then be sure you mark your calendar. You guys should know the date, but Christmas Eve. We'll be here at 6 o'clock, and uh, I know Ben and the worship team have a great service planned for us. We'll be opening up God's Word and be singing some special uh, music. But let me ask you to do, do me a favor. Pray for, for me and my wife and many of us from the church. We are actually leaving tomorrow morning uh, to go to Israel. And so we, uh, I, first I want to say thank you. So Manna uh, Worldwide and Hallmark, you guys kind of teamed up together to send my wife and I on this trip with man, and there's about 50 people who are going on this trip, and about 20 or 25 from our church. And so we leave tomorrow for Israel. And I'm excited to be and to walk where Jesus walked, uh, to think about being at the place of his birth during the Christmas season. So I'm excited about that. And uh, so appreciate you guys praying for us as we leave uh, uh, tomorrow. But Matthew chapter 1, and Matthew chapter 1 really kind of unfolds this song, Hark the Herald angels sing. So to kind of prepare and get us ready this morning, could could you guys, are you guys feel awake this morning? Hmm. I'm going to ask that again. You guys feel awake this morning? Okay, we're going to test this. Merry Christmas? Christmas. All right. Very good. So I want you to repeat after me, okay? God is? God was? God will be? With us. Let's try it again. God is? God was, God will be with us. So if you have to have the blanks, you've got them now, okay? You can figure it out, all right? Some of you are. In Matthew chapter 1, kind of unfolds this hark the herald angels sing. Let's, let's look at that chorus again, one of the verses in that song. Let's look at it. This song was written 
really way before 1700s, nobody really knows for sure when the words were penned, but in 1739, Charles Wesley composed this, and it was originally called Hymn for Christmas Day. And then if you are familiar with some of our uh, history and, and missionaries, George Whitfield then rewrote the song or kind of reworded a little bit, and he renamed it in 1754 to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But, but look at the words here, and then I want you to think about them as we read Matthew chapter 1. So, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hell the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with to, pleased as man with to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Now, have you noticed that there's two ways to spell Emmanuel? With an I or with an E? Which one's correct? Who says I is correct? Who said E is correct? Who said they're both correct? Who doesn't care? Okay. <laughs> so Emmanuel with the I is the English translation of the Hebrew word. Okay. Emmanuel with the E is the English translation of the Greek word. Okay. So guess what? They're both right. That's, a, that's a what I have. How many of you are good spellers? How many of you are terrible at spelling? How many of you Google, how do I spell, or Siri, how do you spell? That's me. I'm, I'm the world's worst at spelling, mainly because I cheated all the way through school, okay? I, I'm just being honest, confession this morning. I do remember in... Uh, having a spelling test and, and got the word Savior wrong. That's, that's a bad thing, right? But the truth is, because I had grown up so close to Jesus, that I spelled Savior the way it's spelled in the King James Version of the Bible. With a U. Can I get an amen? All right? So I just, I'd like to tell my teacher, you're wrong. All right. Matthew chapter 1. I, that was not in my notes this morning. Matthew chapter 1, let's start in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now think about this for a moment as we pause. There's been, there's been silence from God for some 700 years. And this, this, we talk about Advent, the first coming. There's been this anticipation of this one Jesus. And so here we see the gospel pronounced. It's the announcement they've been waiting for for years. What, what does it say? For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will what? save his people from their sins. And so we see the purpose of Christmas. We see the purpose of Jesus coming. We see why the angels announced it. We see why the shepherds were, were sent to go to the manger to see this baby who was born. They've been waiting and waiting for this announcement. Verse 22, so all, the, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And so again, we see prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, is where Matthew quotes from here, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. 
which is translated God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And we see this obedience of Joseph. But as we look at verse, these few verses, let's just unpack them for a moment before we really get into the outline this morning. Because there's a lot of theology in these few verses. Just in these few verses, we can see in verses 18 and 20 and verse 25 speaks to the virgin birth of Jesus, our Savior. The theology that's unpacked and that's what speaks of in that song that we just sang about. You also see in verse 21 the why behind Jesus coming. He came to die that we just sang about so that we could what? He came to die so that man could live. And we see the understanding that there's this substitutionary death. That our sins, mankind's sins, separate us from a holy, righteous God. And so Jesus sent his son to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, so that he could save his people from their sins. We continue looking. What's the claim here in this verse? Look at verse 23. This idea of Emmanuel, what does it mean? The meaning of Emmanuel is God with us. To understand what, what it would have meant to these who were reading this. To, to understand when, when the angel came to Joseph and told him this. When Joseph would tell people what God had said. That Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit. That, that she's been faithful to me. That I should go ahead and, and marry her. That I should have this child with her. I should not put her away privately as we just read. Because this is Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. And in the context, the understanding of that Jewish person in this context, they would not have been able really to comprehend God with us because God was distant. God had been silent. You remember a year or so ago when we, when we walked through the tabernacle, and we understand that before the tabernacle, God was around his people in the cloud and the pillar. And then, then God wanted them to build the tabernacle or the temple because the tabernacle means what? Dwelling place. That God wanted to, deal, to, to dwell among his people. But do you remember in the Holy of Holies, as they walked through the different areas of the tabernacle or the temple, that one day of the year, the Day of Atonement, one priest, the high priest, could go into the very presence of God, the Holy of Holies, on behalf of the people. And here, the angel is saying, Jesus is God with us. So we, we go from God being around his people in the cloud and the pillar, to Jesus being among his people in the tabernacle and the temple, to now Jesus being with his people. And you understand why Jesus, why scripture teaches us that when we give our life to Christ, we are now the dwelling place, the tabernacle, the temple of God. God with us. So on the outline, if you haven't figured it out already, number one there, God with us us. Uh, turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 in, in verses 1 through 5. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. The life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Th think about what he's saying here. The word, the word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was the Creator. Without God, without the word as it's used here, 
Nothing was made that was made. So who's the Word? Look at verse number 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who's that speaking of? Jesus. Who's that speaking of? Jesus, the Word, the Creator, the Sustainer of all things. The, The angel says to Joseph, this Jesus, Emmanuel, is God with us. Now think about Mary and Luke. The angel comes to Mary and says, in verse number 28, Luke chapter 1, And having come, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. What do you think that meant to Mary? Think of, the, think of what has just been told to Mary. Her world has been completely turned upside down. She was engaged to be married. There was a way about doing things. And because now she's pregnant, she's going to have to tell Joseph, that's not going to be a great conversation. That's not going to be an easy conversation. She's going to have to tell her parents, that's not going to be an easy conversation. But what is the promise God gives her? What is the promise God gives to this young Jewish girl who's going to carry Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is that God will be with you, Mary. God is with us. You know, Christmas seems to magnify things, doesn't it? Like everything seems better at Christmas, bigger, brighter. Uh, as Stefan alluded to, this sense of family and unity and just uh, uh, warm fuzzies, right? You get the warm fuzzies. But the reality is also Christmas sometimes magnifies the hurt or the pain. For some people, as we just went from Thanksgiving to Christmas, there may be an empty chair this year. And for some people, that may be just mere distance, maybe death, maybe divorce. So what this message of Christmas is, is that even when life is difficult, God is with us. As Mary had these conversations, she knew God was with her. Aren't you glad God is with us? Aren't you glad he's just not a creator that says, here, you know, whatever, have, have fun, do life. That God is with us. God cares, God sees, God knows. The second one here this morning, God was with you. So God is with you, number one, God was with you. I love this statement. You probably ought to write down it because it's really good. It's not on the screen this morning, but here's, here's what Craig Rochelle says about this. Sometimes God is easier to see in the rearview mirror than in the moment. Let me say it again. Sometimes God is easier to see in the rearview mirror than in the moment. You, you ever wondered in life, like, God, where are you? God, I don't understand what's going on. God, it, this is messed up. Life is not going how I planned it. This is not at all what I envisioned for my life to be. This is not at all what I envisioned my kid's life would be. And you could fill in the blanks. You guys, am I alone? Has anyone ever felt that way before? God, where are you? What is going on? What are you doing? And sometimes the greatest assurance of God's faithfulness is the remembrance of God's faithfulness. You know, that's what Scripture says. I'm, I was young, and now I'm... Y'all said it, not me. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or a seed begging bread. You ever experienced the faithfulness of God? I I can remember back 
And I won't go through the whole story, but I have stories of when Joy and I first got married. We were both still in, in Bible college, had no money. We were very stubborn not to call. We, I'm not calling mom and dad for help. I can do it on my own. I wish my kids were that way. Uh, no. And you know, time after time, God was faithful. I, I've walked through some difficult circumstances through some of you in the room. And I've seen the way that you have dealt with loss and hurt and pain and struggle. And, and for me, observing your life and your testimony and your faithfulness, you, you know what I say? God was with you. That God brought you through that trial. That God brought you through that journey. And think about Mary and Joseph. They had some tough conversations. But don't you know they sat around the table and talked when they were old? You remember when God was with us? You remember how dark it felt? You ever had a dark day? Felt like, I'm never going to get through this. And you look back and you think, God was with me. You know, one of the greatest stories in the Bible that reference this is Joseph. Not Joseph and Mary Joseph, but Joseph of the Old Testament. Remember Joseph? He, he was uh, the favored child. I wouldn't have any idea what that means, but he was the favored child. And, and he was the little boy with a big dream, remember? And he told his brothers the dreams. The brothers hated him even more, so they sold him into slavery. Got thrown into the pit, then got thrown into prison. Let me read a verse of Scripture. It's going to be on the screen for us. Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. And it says this, but the Lord was with Joseph. Look at that. Now we understand the Lord is with Joseph also. But when Joseph looked back on his life, again, sometimes God is much clearer and his presence is much clearer in the rear view mirror than it is in the moment. And Joseph could look on his life as he's old and say the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the reality is sometimes the path of the pit and the prison can lead you to the palace to fulfill your purpose. And it's hard to see that in the pit, isn't it? But Joseph looked back on his life in Genesis 50, verse 20, and says, What you, talking to his brothers, meant for harm, God meant for good. Because God was with Joseph. And God is with you. So God is with you. God was with you. Number three, God will be with you. You see, sometimes remembering the past faithfulness of God will help you remember that he will be faithful in the future. Let me read a few verses of scripture that kind of point this out. They're going to be on the screen. You might want to write them down just so you can look them up later. But Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says this, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or do, be, do not be dismayed. And this is Moses. And he's, Moses is standing talking to Joseph. And Moses is about to leave the scene in leadership. He's handing the baton off to, Joseph, uh, to Joshua. And he says to Joshua, the Lord will be with you. Do you know why Moses could be so confident in that? One is because God told him, but Moses had seen time and time again that not only was God with him, but God will be with him. 
Do you have confidence that God will be with you? Let's look at another one. This is Paul talking. Paul writes to the church at Philippi. He says in Philippians 4, verse 9, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace, what does it say? Will be with you. You see, God promises never to leave us, never forsake us. As Jesus' last words, I think, are pretty important. In fact, we, we call it the Great Commission. It's, it's really, what, what the statement is, the last words of Christ should be the first priority of Christians. The last words of Christ should be the first priority of Christians. Here's what it says, Matthew chapter 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, let's think about the life of Mary and Joseph. They've just received this message, and Joseph has just been told by the angel, Lord, Mary's going to have a child that's of the Holy Spirit. She's going to give birth to Jesus, who's going to save the people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, Mary had to have a lot of tough conversations, but Joseph also had a lot lot of tough conversations. And let's look down the road as Mary and Joseph are sitting there, they're thinking about what does this mean and what is is all this going to happen? What is God doing with our life? And I wonder if Mary thought, God will be with me when I tell Joseph. God will be with me when I travel 100 miles in the middle of the night on a donkey. God will be with me when I come to the inn and there's no room. God will be with me when I give birth to Jesus, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, with the animals. God will be with me when I watch my son hanging on a cross. God will be with me when I see them placed into a tomb. God will be with me on day one, and God will be with me on day two, and God will be with me on day three, and God will be with me when the tomb is empty. Can you imagine the, Mary, the trials that she's been through, the struggle she's been through, and she looks back on her life and she said, God is with me, God was with me, and God will be with me. That's the story of Christmas. Aren't you thankful that God came to us? Because the truth is, we cannot get to God. I cannot be good enough. You cannot be good enough. We can't pay enough money to get to God. The only way, this is what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus, God with us. Are you thankful that Jesus came to the earth? Are you thankful that he died on the cross so that you could have life? Are you thankful it is Emmanuel, God with us? Turn me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Just in case the story of Mary and just in case the scriptures we've read haven't convinced you that God is with you, God was with you, God will be with you, let's look at the words of of Paul that he wrote. And I think these are some of the most, um, the strongest words that would illustrate for us, that would tell us if we believe the Bible, if we believe what God says is true, these are some strong words about Maybe some dark days. 
Let's think about even our good days, that God is with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? The answer is no, 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 no. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Do you you hear what it's saying? Nothing. Nothing. No one, no person, no thing can separate you from the love of Christ. Because God is with you. God was with you. God will be with you. The question is not, is God with you? Here's the question you're going to have to answer this morning. Are you with God? Are you with God? Turn back with me to John chapter 1. Turn back to John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, we read there the first five verses. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Nothing was created without God. Then verse 14 tells us who the Word is. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. It is Jesus talking about Jesus. But we skipped over a really important verse. Verse number 12. Again, this passage, John is introducing us into Jesus, the creator of the universe, the stainer of the universe, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, the one who became flesh and dwelt among us, the one who we celebrate the first advent, the coming of Jesus. And here's what John says about Jesus. Remember what we've already read in Matthew chapter 1, right? The angel of the Lord told Joseph, this is Jesus, the one who saves the people from their sins. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Now what does John say about this man, Jesus? Look at verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. So the question is not, is God with you? The question this morning is, are you with God? You see what that verse says? To as many who what? Received him. You know, if you watched uh, yesterday on, on Facebook, I did my little Facebook post from right here at this spot, and uh, I noticed these presents, and I couldn't help but wish they were for me, right? And the truth is, none of them are for me. And probably all of them are empty anyways, right? Just so don't, don't come to the stage. They're empty boxes, okay? But let's just pretend this was for me. Can we pretend that, Ben? Is that all right? All right. Let's pretend this is for me. That one looks a little girly. I'm going to take this one. This looks more like a man, right? Let's pretend like this gift is for me. That verse says, to as many who have received him, he gave the right or the power to become the sons of God, to be born into the family of God, to be, in John 3.16, right, Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, what can I do to enter heaven? He says, you must be born again. And so this is what a reference. How do, how do I get into the family of God? Because God is with me, but am I with God? To as many have received him. And so let's think of this gift that Ben so creatively wrapped for me. What good is this gift sitting there on the table? Is it of any value to me sitting there on the table? So it's my gift It's for me, but how do I receive it? 
I gotta open it. I'm not, I'm not going to, Ben. I gotta open it. You see, this gift, although pretend world, has been given to me, has to be received by me. It has to be opened by me. And what John is telling us, this Jesus, the Messiah, the one born of a virgin, God with us, the one who saved the people from their sins, he is the gift given to all man, but we must receive him in order to become the children of God. So the question is not, is God with you? The question is, are you with God? The gift is for you. Will you open it? Will you receive Jesus today? Because if you receive Jesus today, what the promise of the song that we sang, the promise that God was spelling out for Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 is that God is with you, that he was with you, and that forever he will be with you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment this morning. I want to ask you this morning, have you received the gift? To as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Have you received the gift of Christmas, Jesus? So I want to ask this morning, as our eyes are closed, the band is preparing to lead us in a song, Jesus Messiah. Would anyone have the courage enough this morning to say, John, I've never received the gift of Jesus. I've never confessed my sins. I've never asked him to be my Lord and my Savior. I've never opened the gift. I've never received the gift. If that's you this morning, would you just put your hands up for a moment? Just put your hand up right where you're at. It's dark in here, so put your hand up high. Hold it up high. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you that God would would reveal to you that you need to receive the gift for yourself. Thank you. There's one in the stadium. Anyone else, just put your hand up. Hold it up high for a moment. And and here's what I want you to do this morning. You, You can put your hands down. If you would like to receive the gift this morning, it's very simple, it's very easy. What I would ask you to do in a moment, we're gonna stand, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a song of, of response or a song of invitation, a song of worship, Jesus, Messiah. There's gonna be people standing down here at the front and we're gonna be facing you, the audience. If you would like to receive the gift of Christmas, what I'm gonna ask you to do when we stand in a moment is that you would walk down to the front, you would shake one of the people's hands here at the front and say, I want to receive that gift. We would love to open the Bible and explain to you how to receive the gift of Christ. For the rest of us this morning, maybe you're going through a difficult time and the message this morning is simple. God is with you. Will you trust him? Will you seek him? Wise men still seek Jesus. Will you pursue him? And I'm going to ask you this morning, if, if, if you just need to pray and talk to God, say, God, I need to reconnect. God, I need to trust. I realize you're with me, but God, sometimes it's difficult to, to really believe that. The altar will be open this morning. If you'd like for someone to pray with you, again, you could come shake our hand. We, we would love to pray with you. If you want to pray alone, just come and kneel and pray pursue, seek, cry out to God.
Would you stand with me this morning as I pray? God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the fact that he came and he dwelt among us. We thank you for the promise of Scripture that God, right now, as a follower of Jesus, God is with me. God was with me. God will be with me. Lord, as we worship through music today, we want to cry out to you, Jesus, our Messiah. Thank you for humbling yourself, becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. It's in the powerful and precious name of Jesus that we pray.